And welcome to the HPM Podcast. I'm your neuromythical vampire, and I'm joined by Frank and a couple others. Hello, Leon. Uh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Uh, we, are, we are the others. <laughs> the others. The great other. This, this is them. When, when, yeah. when psychoanalysis talk about the other, it's it's Kate and Leslie. <laughs> Woo! I'm hello. Your, I'm your id and she's your ego. Yeah. yeah. We're um we're podcasting from our uh double wide uh coffin today. Yeah. It's snug. Oh, but we yeah. Work. yeah. How's the Wi-Fi in there? <laughs> yeah, we've got great Wi-Fi in it because you know oh, yeah. we like to check our phones right before bed. <laughs> 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 we're very modern vampires yeah there's like wireless charging it's great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it sticks to the bottom of the lid it's very yeah. fancy yeah yeah like claudia is very excited to have a satin coffin we have all sorts of fun little like pockets and stuff <laughs> for glasses and phones magazines, magazines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cats in- come in <laughs> And you yeah, might know Kate from the. <laughs> episode from House uh, Crimes of the Future. Yeah. And uh, also from the Weird Little Guy episode from the left page. Oh, but Leslie's I love new that here. episode. Oh. Yay, Yay, welcome. <laughs> and they, yeah. they have a podcast about, about a particular vampire. We do. So yeah, we have a, we have a podcast about, well, I guess a a particular vampire world, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, but it's fun to talk about another like vampire world for a little while because they die in different ways. And um, what else is different about them? Uh, they're way horny. Yeah, they're yeah, because you know we're watching a teen show. This is like horny AMC. <laughs> Buffy is Buffy is like PG rated uh, WB from the early two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot more sodomy in this one, <laughs> which I'm yeah. bored Which with, we love, personally. and yeah. so yeah, much blood. more blood. Yeah. Yeah. So much, so more, much blood. more blood. I do feel spiritually Buffy crawled so this show can run. I uh, I do feel. Uh... Oh sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. I think any. <laughs> My cats are wandering around, yeah. <laughs> um, in the coffin. Like I said, you know, yeah. that's why it's a, a wide coffin. But um, but yeah, Buffy definitely. Paved well, away. yeah. I mean, I guess there was uh What's the like cult? vampire show from like the 60s i'm never dark shadows oh yeah yeah Yeah. um so that was probably the first one uh and you know there's like the adams family and stuff like that but buffy is like truly dedicated to vampires yeah the first i think to really be like a drama like drama forward with like like notes of comedy yeah it's like a fine wine. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like all the different bloods. Yeah, <laughs> that Lestat loves to talk about. I loved mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Adam's family so much. But that's <laughs> okay, <laughs> because that, that will be the episode. But uh, 
yeah, so you can you can find this Buffy podcast on like a submarine. You can find the podcast where podcasts are found. <laughs> I think so. You guys, yeah. are on, I know you guys on Spotify because that's why I follow you guys. Yeah, but... we're on yeah, all. So you can um you can get uh, links to the show episodes on your podcatcher of choice. You can check out our Patreon where Kate and I talk about like different stuff. Like we just recently talked about. Um, Grimace. Uh, both, both of us talking, both of us drinking the Grimace uh, shake and uh, debating whether it's his uh, blood or pee. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Patreon episodes okay. and then all of our social media links. You can check it all out if you go to fangs.zone. Everything yep. is right in the fang zone. We'll put it in, in the description. zone. <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking about interview with the vampire because we haven't specified that one yet. That's true. We it's have in not. the title. So I'm just going to throw out some Well, the new one, the series. Yeah. Well, it's going to get to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I will, I will draw some very errant comparisons between the movie, but uh, mainly the new uh, AMC, AMC, a- yeah, okay. yeah, AMC series. Uh, interview with the vampire. It's uh, it's it's gay month in the anglophone, so we talk about gay vampires. Hell yeah, Woo! game. We love gay month. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, we literally, Kate just finished it like 30 minutes before. I did. <laughs> yeah, I cram- crammed it all in. Um, and it's so good. I really, really enjoyed it. It's so sexy and gay and full <laughs> of blood and um, just like opulent. Like the costumes yeah. are great. Everything about it, like, yeah, I, I enjoy that they like changed the sort of timeline Mm-hmm. that they're in they're in like the the turn of the century and into like the 1930s or whatever um instead of the <laughs> plantation-y kind yeah. of racist-y 1800s um that it's originally set in so yeah, yeah. the change is super cool mm-hmm. and that whole like you know roaring 20s aesthetic like just i love that shit it's like catnip to me so yeah i think they made some really interesting like that you know i'm sure we'll talk about but i think the choices of um you know casting uh louis as a black man at that time and like actually talking about race and politics in new orleans is really cool and not having tom cruise great improvements yeah (laughs) and then also making claudia a little bit, you know, as uh, I know, my cats are going Sorry. completely wild. <laughs> they love the vampires. They're, yeah. you know, they're cats, so they're they're into yeah. vampires. Um, it's true. There must be a lot of vampires in this room right now. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, making Claudia a teenager rather than like a child was a really cool decision because she, you get to have conversations about like coming of age and becoming the the monstrous feminine that is part of a- adolescence you know yeah. which we talk about on Buffy all the time mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it touches a bunch uh, on top, a bunch more topics that I think the original or the movie doesn't um, yeah I don't know if anyone here is like familiar with Anne Rice's work so I have a funny story Ooh. Um, <laughs> my mom read every single Anne Rice book Oh, wow. It's um, really funny considering what I said to Frank earlier, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a very, 
like mom sort of like yeah i think so like you know bodice ripper yeah, sort, of. sort of yeah exactly yeah yeah i described um, him as like you know middle-aged women books which means yes. again not not being uh, if anyone likes him all power all power to them like, yeah again, not, not being I condescending think- I think middle-aged women and horny goth teens. Yeah. <laughs> because I think a lot of teens read these too. Yeah. Um, especially if you're like a horny, confused goth. Yeah, you don't really know like what your body is doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, so my mom, my mom definitely had a copy like a paperback copy that she kept in her nightstand and I would like pull it out sometimes and like read excerpts and be like what, what is fucking happening in this <laughs> I don't know but I like I'm nine years old I have no idea what's going on yeah um, yeah so that's like the earliest memory I have to the books yeah and I liked the movie like to be clear I I still enjoy that movie I think the I watched movie? it again like two years ago yeah so I just recently watched the movie like in anticipation of this podcast and I was like I had already seen the TV series and I was like, inexplicably, the movie is way gayer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even though nothing happens, I think the fact that they like tiptoe around everything so much and like don't really just come out and say, oh yeah, definitely Louis and Lissette are gay for each other is what makes it like 10 times more. It's that tension. It's that like, well, if they're not going to say it, I'm going to go on Tumblr and write some fan fiction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's true. It leaves more uh, openings, let's say, for possibilities. Yeah, openings. Yes. Lots of them. So many openings. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this this show is like, I guess it's a lot sexier. I mean, for me, I don't... Definitely now neither brad pitt nor tom cruise do anything for me no i don't think they ever did anything for me to begin with but yeah yeah i recently uh don't ask me why please i recently subjected myself to watching the bullet train and it's it's not that good uh brad pitt (laughs) is in there and i was like christ how i think he's the last well Okay, so once again, we don't have time to get into my taste of men. But just, I don't even understand it. But the only time I have like looked at him is like, huh, that was only during Troy, which is not a good movie. I was but thinking about Troy. That's the only yeah. time he looks good. But then he's still not my type. Like, I yeah. don't like the kind of man. I think, yeah, time. I think Brad Pitt is like an objectively like handsome man, but that doesn't necessarily do so it for boring. me. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. It's yeah. like uh, it's kind of boring. Um although like Lestat is obviously like a fucking dreamboat in this. Oh yeah. Uh the actor Sam Reed. Yeah. His name. Um he's incredible. Like and and uh I've I've read interviews of him where he was like he would talk about like how when he was like a little kid he would pretend to be a vampire. So this is literally Aww. a role that he was born to play. That's really sweet. He is putting his <laughs> whole Sam Rita scene. Into yeah, he really is. He is so like, I feel like there's never a moment where he's not like deeply staring into your soul. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've also like the unequivocally great thing about this is just the acting work. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. You, we can argue about the delivery or whatever, but everyone is like fully committed to their role. Like yes. I've rarely seen 
<laughs> drawing that comparison to the original, I know Brad Pitt was like having a horrible time <laughs> during the shooting of like it's one of those Hollywood horror stories that like the guy did not come out of his trailer. Like it's oh, one no. of those hilarious yeah, uh, yeah. like on set like you know dramatisms and stuff. And anyway, look it up if you're interested in that. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it now, but it's <laughs> I, I do love then that this is like such a wholehearted commitment by seemingly everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. Jacob Anderson too. Who he plays is awesome. Ruby, is is you he's know, so I, good. I first saw him in Game of Thrones. He plays um, yeah, Grey yeah. Worm. Yeah. yeah, and he he was doing sort of this similar thing where like he's very stoic. Mm-hmm. He's very reserved. He's not doing a whole lot of like emoting in the way that Sam Reed is. But it's it, it's like it's like the way that I compare it is like a, a calm surface of the mm-hmm. water, but underneath there's a typhoon. Yes. Yeah. And you can feel oh. that with him. Like he's, he's just tremendous. Yeah. I, I talk about him all the time. I'm like, I'm not one of those people <laughs> that, that really enjoys TVs, TV shows for character work. Like I don't give a shit about like succession hmm. or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, but this is one of those times where I was like, wow, I'm just blown away by the actual, like, acting that's yeah. being done he is making some acting what if all the, the all the family members in succession were vampires would you that watch would it? be <laughs> a hell of a movie or that would be a hell of a tv yeah. show and i absolutely would watch it i mean i guess they are in the and yeah. according yeah. to marks they are vampires <laughs> which is something i want to talk about i'm gonna put a pin in that yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. no i definitely want to get into conservations of vampires and like how much I hate and love them both. Yes. Like, you know, I once again, I really like the vampire as in, like in probably the same way, like the um, uh, blonde guy, he just said his name. Lestat. Uh, Lestat, thank you. Uh, Lestat, like, you know, yes. want yeah, to be a vampire, yeah. like, you know, like we we are like, oh, wow, they dress well, they they, they are eloquent and whatnot, like opulent. And at the same time, it's also like, oh, but they are parasites and I hate them. So yeah, they're monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um in a lot, you know, in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of interesting things to pull out, I think about like queerness and alternative families mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. opposition to work, which is kind of cool and interesting <laughs> that I definitely want to talk about. Um yeah, where do you want to start? Uh, well, I think that's I think that's a good place to start. I, <laughs> I, I think this um, I always look for when we start a story, especially if it's a series or, or like a book series or even video games, whatever the fucking matter. It's uh, always very interesting to see what the uh, creator of the story does with. Okay, well, they can't be normal fucking people. They can't just be. We're just normal men. <laughs> what do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> It can't be that. They, so they need to escape the ravages of capitalism because not every show wants to be an anti-capitalist show because they're not allowed to. Right, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's always very interesting to like see how uh, the writers or the creators of a story dodge the boring ravages of capitalism. Mm-hmm. So like in a bunch of ways, like in sci-fi stories, the, the characters get a ship, which allows them to like you know dodge capitalism. And in this way, they, they become vampires, which allows them to dodge capitalism <laughs> and i think like then it's, it's very easy if you're not that hungry and once again you're stronger than everybody so you can just drink blood it's fine so you never <laughs> have to worry essentially about anything and that's i don't know i think that's that's like the first very primary setting 
of like why we desire vampirism. I think yeah. that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole impetus of uh, Louis's decision. You know, he is a business owner, mm-hmm. and even as a as a you know a, a petit bourgeois, he's still fucking miserable. He hates oh, yeah. himself. He like. You know, he's obviously never going to achieve the same thing that, you know, a, a white man in this time would achieve. Right. He's always going to have doors closed to him. So, like, yeah, when Lestat offers him this this choice to be like, you can just eschew all of that and just tell all of these people to, you know, to fuck off. Like, it's super, super tempting. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would take it, I think. Uh, like, especially if you don't think it, think it through. To it, you know, to the <laughs> end point where you're like, in 700 years, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Right. Um, which is like also interesting. I love how time moves in this show. Um, oh, yeah. They have a, it's a more, I feel like they're able to explore it more than in the movie because yeah, it's a longer they, show. They make it, they make you very aware of it, but at the same time, it it's so secondary to everything else that's going on. Yeah. Um. But I read, so I think I've talked about this on Fangs, but um, there's this uh, person, uh, Katie Stone, who writes about vampires and um, Marxism and other things that um, I re-listened to a podcast that she was on. Her Twitter is um, Cyborg Feminism, if folks are interested. But um, yeah, so she talks about this is mostly about uh, Dracula um, more specifically and the, um, the book and also um, the movie, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. But so, you know, Marx talks about capitalists in terms of vampirism, you know, that they're draining uh, the life out of the workers and they're, these like you know lazy pigs who are monsters who are basically just you know uh just yeah taking everything taking the life out of workers um every chance they can get but um and she agrees with that but also like there's an interesting take on the vampire as um she she thinks of it more in terms of um Ernst Bloch who I find to be really hard to read but um mostly just because it's so dense and really difficult but like i find him also really interesting um you know the idea of like being constantly hungry for change vampires are also constantly hungry and like could you think of it instead or not instead but also as like um vampires as being these like uh people who are anti-work who refuse who <laughs> refuse to be workers who refuse to um sort of like go by go day to day in like you know just the norm quote unquote like normal way and she talks about Kathy Weeks who um wrote a lot about being anti-work and like sort of refusing labor and how, like, if we valorize the worker too much, then we are also just kind of saying that, like, the worker is only worth their work. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, our end goal in utopianism is hopefully to work less, not to be, like, 
still working under capitalism like 40 hours or 60 hours a week even if like workers are more valued like we still don't want to work eventually um so she thinks like i think it's really interesting like vampire as like you more like utopian possibilities like refusal to work refusal to be part of like a um productive family and then also like potentially refusal to be actually no definitely vampires can't have babies um as far as we know i mean they do like i I don't know i don't know if they specifically say in this case but like they're definitely like like in buffy they call them like sires yeah so that you know making a new vampire the way that like lestat makes louis or or lestat makes uh, antoinette who's like his right side piece yeah (laughs) um (laughs) um there's definitely like a parallel there of like the reproductive system yeah but then like yeah refusal to participate in like your sort of like normal reproduction that you would like create a person or create a vampire in an alternative way that's like queer so it's like a queer a queer anti-productive family yeah (laughs) I, I do find it then too bad. It's like, uh, it is, they're always then very solitary creatures. Like, I get that makes sense based on, like, where they come from, the original European folklore that, they, you know, that they're, mm-hmm. that's their main donor, or at least originally was their main donor, let's just say that. And, but it's then too bad that, like, we don't have vampire society, which is usually how I analyze stuff, like, through a societal lens or sociological lens. And, mm-hmm. but, but we just have individual actions. And, like, ah, I, I wish we could get a more robust answer to these things that we've been talking about if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they were a society. And we get some vague hints at, like, oh, there might be European uh, vampires out there in, in this series, that is. Like, there might be, like, your Hungarian vampire somewhere. And, like, uh, <laughs> who are apparently and, way scarier. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, they've been vampires for so long. And, like, I don't know. Like, that, I do, that was I one do... of my favorite bits. It's like, oh, they're scarier. I want to see them. Yeah, I know. Crazy European vampires. Show them to me. Yes, I do think that that's really fun. Then, because once again, the um, the once again, the vampire that we know through English literature or Western European literature and American literature uh, or media, whatever, is then very much a very human, very uh, well, not sanitized, but very very clean seemingly. And originally, the roots of these vampires come from Eastern Europe or. Once again, his main donor is Eastern European, and those are from those are some monsters. Like they they yeah. don't they're not cool. They don't dress up. Yeah. They're like monsters, monsters. Like yeah, they're, they're not hot. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean maybe so- they are. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's not fair. They can be hot. No, no, no. But they don't have square jaws and blonde ponytails, yeah, probably. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, so I regarding uh, then Lesot, I do think um, a thing that I was like worried about when I I saw. So I was introduced to this series by uh, gifts on Tumblr. So and yes, it's gifts. So <laughs> you're not gonna get it. But yep. it's, Tumblr I saw, is so it's, horny for Lestat. Oh my god, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I was like, hmm. And then like they talked, and I saw the gifts of him talking about being bisexual. And I was like, oh, cool, biphobia. I'm sorry, I, I was just very negatively predisposed in the beginning, and like that's my that's my fault. But then again, also based on actual experience, 
whatever. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. But I was like, oh, please don't be like, you know, it could just be cool gay vampires. Please don't yeah. get into it. And luckily, <laughs> it, it wasn't the case. But I, it did draw my attention. I was like, hey, that's a guy from Game of Thrones. And it's, um, so I, I checked it out. And I was like, oh, oh, is this going to be a bad abuse narrative? Because once again, I think relationship abuse and like all that stuff is introduced into a lot of media and, and literature and is not dealt with um, ideally. Let's just keep it at that. Um, yeah, there's a bunch yeah, of words that I would rather well. use. Yeah, besides. <laughs> so I, I always feel a little bit of an anxiety. However, I think the very first episode makes it very fucking clear that the Lasat is just an abuser. And if you were rooting or shipping uh, these two characters, it, you know, you, go fuck yourself. Uh, you should have been clearly like, uh, condition to be like, oh, okay, this this is clearly a story about a relationship that's not going to end well, and we should not yeah. root for Lasat in any way, shape, or form. Like we, and I like this line by Louis then that is like, oh, just you know, put everything aside for now and let the story like seduce you, as I was seduced. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, <laughs> well, go ahead. That's then. something that that I brought up when we were watching the last like couple minutes is that you know Louis is like very clearly a monster. Very or Lestat. Clearly, sorry, yeah, Lestat. Yeah, sorry. Um, Lestat's very clearly a monster, like, physically. But he's also just, like, a, a fucking terrible human being. And, like, it, it's very much one of those situations where, like, you know, you, you hear about someone in your in your circle or whatever having a toxic relationship, and it's, like, your first thought is, like, well, why don't you just leave? And this is, like, a perfect, uh, like, explainer or or like yeah. you know depiction of like a relationship where like yes this person is very obviously a horrible person an abuser mm-hmm. a terrible human being and like you are still in love with them and still drawn to them like well they made you yeah exactly they you know, they, <laughs> you know? yeah the, yeah and that's that's yeah. a component in that too is like how do you leave someone you know who you owe so much to yeah you know? yeah Lestat is like it it's it's kind of scary how much you, how much shit you let slide yeah. with him yeah. because he is so, he's so multidimensional. Like he's vicious. He's very charming. He's charming. He's like sexual. He's funny. He's campy. He's, you know, he's all these different things in, in one very complex package. Yes. Yeah, um, and Louis, oh, sorry. Go on. oh, no, I was thinking like the fact that he made him, it's like, it's like, spousal abuse but it's also parental abuse in some yeah. ways like it's they're super, yeah because yeah, their relationship there's a significance in power balance yeah. yeah and like the way they mm-hmm. talk about their relationships um you know both kind of like hidden to the public and then in private is super interesting because it's like you know oh this is my uncle this is my <laughs> friend this is my roommate you know actually this yeah. is my partner this is my sire. Like there's so much tangled in there, you know, like Claudia is his sister, but also his daughter lover. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of his daughter, but also his lover's daughter, you know, it's like so fascinating. Um, I love how like tangled up it is. And And you feel that you feel the complexity, like nothing is ever muddied you know yeah um i feel like in the movie they made it like kirsten Dunst plays the claudia character which i i love her but she's very young yeah but yeah they i think they i think playing her too young 
like loses a lot of like dynamicism and 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 the like just the fucked upness of their relationships yeah. that the three of them share. So I think this version like really really gets into it, which is super super cool to see. Yeah, because she has slightly more power, I think, as like a teenager than yeah, she does as definitely. like than she did as like an actual little girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's good at chess. Yes, like the best like superpower chess, when you yeah. think of it. Very thing. good at chess. That yeah. chess scene is so funny. When oh, it's just, so like, good. Loses his fucking mind. Yeah, <laughs> so he has some Hannibal qualities. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very, especially like the scene where he gets on the train car and he's holding the guy's head and he's like, yeah. "We're going to New York," you know, and, like. <laughs> It's very dark, like more like that's hor that's like true horror. Yeah. You know, like it's a lot darker, I think, than the movie. But at the same time, he's so fucking shallow. Like he he lured that uh opera singer. Oh yeah. And like just like ruin like just mutilated him because he sang a, a tenor note oh, like that. Oh man, like, that was dark. Just, for yeah, it's just so petty and cruel and needless. Like, oh yeah, love it. Yeah, I was thinking too about yeah, like Lestat, <clears throat> the people he deems savable are mostly artists who are good at their craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's being distracted by the fact that he's not dying for a couple seconds so they uh, they only like you know he's such a, ironically then Lestat is such a such a capitalist in in spirit if not in in action mainly mm-hmm. that he only cares about the people who are of use to him yeah yes. can give him this oh, yeah. you know and i think oh, it's like, oh and once again just to touch real quick you, uh the point that i think was very valid from you guys um that's the like uh it's a very anti-victim blaming show which i do like uh, i think mm-hmm. we need more Oh, yeah. uh, you know, more, more stuff like that. Uh, because once again, especially online discourse regarding, well, that's no need to get into the characteristics of online discourse. Yeah, but, we, uh, we haven't even talked about uh, Daniel, who is actually the interviewer with the oh, vampire. Yeah. Who, oh, yeah. um, who, like, uh, I enjoy him more than, like, the <clears throat> the book version or, like, the Christian, or Christian Slater, Slater. Yeah. from the old movie who's, like, kind of just letting the story happen to him. Mm-hmm. This guy, Eric Bogosian, is the actor name, and he's he's incredible. I want to like I want to like have a petition to have him do an Anthony Bourdain biopic. Yes, because he looks and sounds exactly yeah, like him. Exactly like him. Yeah, that's um, right. But the fact that he's like so engaged and like kind of pushing back on Louis at some points, you know, like saying like, "Oh, was it raining when you when you met the army guy or whatever," um, and like trying to really be a part of the story not just you know have it told to him but um he says something to the effect of like you know you he he kind of he kind of says you know you let this happen like you forgave him so many times but at the same time he is not blaming louis for all of that he's just kind of like stating a fact like you just couldn't pull yourself out of this yeah you know and he's the first one who brings up like he says you know louis you were abused yeah, it's yeah. like almost like Louis had, had, never, had never occurred to him before. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you that like having that character be more of an active participant in 
crafting the story is so much more interesting because Mm -hmm. he keeps sort of pushing back and then you know louis will tell him something oh this was actually about this and um what's his name in the daniel daniel will be like (laughs) actually i think it's about this and then they have this back and forth about it which is like so much more collaborative in the shaping of this story that that Louis wants to tell yeah but he's a great stand-in for the audience as well as his own character like yeah, he never yes. like yeah, you know submerses one for the other. Yeah, like I, I agree. I think that's one of my favorite parts of, of the show because like he, uh, he's both like one of the rarest characters of like a, an actual journalist like engaging during like, actual <laughs> asking work. the tough questions. <laughs> yeah, right. And, like literally confronting. It's like, well, what about this? You're you're literally editing this, and it's like when you do that there's no sense that you might be doing it to the entire narrative, regardless of your good intentions. Yes, and then exactly, he, yeah. he starts using his powers, and then it's like D- Daniel, quite rightly, stands up and literally slaps him. Such that was thing. amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. It's like, wow, that guy has some balls. Yeah. Like, he's slapping, like, a, a centuries-old vampire in the face, just because he's like, Fuck you, you're not telling me the truth about this story. You're editing shit out that you don't want to be in this story. And it's like, you asked me to write your story, but you're you're really writing it and you're like shaping it as you talk. It's not the truth. Which, you know, we can obviously talk about. Like, I think that's an interesting way to talk about also like, memory and like they say a couple of times that memory is a monster and you know that we all have memories that like we're positive or true but they've been shaped so many times that they're they're really not yeah yeah no, as someone who's like has a very active memory and like uh rethinks and something when something big happens I think about it over and over for the rest of the day. And you don't notice these subtle changes. Because once again, it's never like, oh, it's different all of a sudden. Oh, I think the other person did it or whatever. Whatever the fuck happened. Yeah. It it happens by degrees. Mm -hmm. I I read somewhere like a long time ago, and I I forget if maybe this was just bullshit or not. I'm going to have to go back and like... like, It's psychology, who cares? Check myself, Yeah. (laughs) But I want to say, like, um, they've done studies about, like, you know, family members who have a shared memory of mm-hmm. something happening and having, like, completely different, like, you know, recounts of it. Because literally you are, like, like shedding and regenerating cells in your brain. So, you know, sometimes you will just literally, something will happen for so long that you just literally shed enough brain cells to like <clears throat> you have an entirely new memory yeah or to yeah. a completely different you know recount of something that happened to you so yeah my mom and i have told stories together <laughs> and i'll be like oh and then this happened yeah. and she's like i have a that very, person wasn't there i have a very famous one that my mom and i still get into screaming arguments <laughs> about is that wow. I went to, I went with her to see The Lion King on Broadway or like a <laughs> like a traveling uh-huh. a traveling version of that and she's like I have never seen that show I never took you you must have went with someone else I was never there but like I can remember what what box seat we were in and like there That's were people with, like birds on a wire like 
What if we were like the lion? What? Yeah, you never, there was never <laughs> what, a lion. What are you talking about? Why does this have a copper? That's not a show. That's never that's been never made. Never been a Disney movie. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no, that's that's the nightmare. That's the nightmare scenario inside. Yeah, Island. really. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> the, what, what are you talking the about? Lost, who, lost who, man yeah. prophecies. Yeesh. Um. Yeah, I was thinking about also like storytelling, mm-hmm. the the um, the cu- the couple of episodes, or I think it's mostly one episode where the story is told through Claudia's notebooks, which is yeah. really interesting. Like, it's a really nice way to sort of like change up the way a story is told. Yeah, because it's like Louis telling the story, but now. Claudia is telling the story, but like second person. And also we all know that like we write in our journals what we want people yeah. to hear mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, like, especially when you're a teenager, I think you write in your journal sort of assuming that, or this could just be me that like, someone's going to find it someday and be yeah. like, wow, she yeah, was so this. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, it's all very unreliable. Like the story is fairly unreliable, but still very interesting. And yeah. like, I'm sure Lestat, would have a completely different like who knows Absolutely. maybe Lestat thinks that Lestat was abused which you know yeah slighted or or you know yeah mm-hmm. that Lestat loved Louis for you know decades and Louis never showed him the effect the same level of affection not that I'm making any that's that's not me making any excuses for like fanfic. abusers I'm just writing some fanfic fan right now on the spot <laughs> But I do, um, I do think that makes sense in terms of like this abuse narrative and just how, because I, I think the interview point of view like gives us context and allows like breaking up. There's like you know the the scene you mentioned of Daniel's like listening like you said this, you said this, you said this. It's classic abuse. Like this, yeah. you're not even hiding it. It's extremely obvious. And as the audience, we find it very obvious. Yeah. Um, and that allows the co- the connection and the way that um, even Louis portrays the argument it's like he almost if we think of him telling the majority of what we're seeing then the as horrible as Lestat is being that he still has like a point in massive inverted commas that's like no I don't want to be alone I don't want to be abandoned and I will do absolutely everything in my power to control you what have you closed but it's Mm -hmm. almost as if he's justified in Louis' narrative so I I do definitely believe that Lestat sees himself as being abused by Louis without a yeah. shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Not that it's right, but I do think oh, that no. like, oh, yeah, no. it's the narrative no, yeah. that he has told himself. And yeah, um, yeah it's just so interesting. Like yeah. I, I also appreciate that like in the show, Louis has a lot more, he just is more dimensional. Like I think Brad Pitt has always been like, like the joke has always just been that Louis is just this like incredibly mopey emo boy, <laughs> you know? Well, that's, that's the problem. Uh, and, and why I liked this so much as like a long, a longer form 
season mm-hmm. TV show story is that they they literally sum up uh, Louis in the movie in like two sentences. Yeah, he was like, "I owned a plantation. I lost my wife and kid, and that's why I'm such a fucking mope." mope. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you you can't, you know, we as the audience, like, we can't glom onto that. You know, it has to be something that we see through their interactions with other people and their, you know, their emotions and things like that, you know, it's storytelling one-on-one. It's like show, don't tell. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this version of Louis, you know, with, we see the struggles with his family. We see the struggles with his sexuality, with the race issue. Like the fact that he's like trying to be a successful businessman in this city that is full of just fucking assholes, like including the actor who plays, um, Bender from Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I love oh my John, John DiMaggio, the guy with the like sideburn. Oh wow. I fucking love him. He's so good. I knew I recognized yeah. his voice, but you, I was yeah, like, Yeah, as soon as you like recognize yeah. you know who it is, it's like, oh yeah, that's fucking Bender, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Fuck you, Bender. You're an <laughs> asshole, the Louie. <laughs> this guy sucks. But yeah, I think we need to see that in order to really like sympathize. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and Louis is a very fleshed out character um, right from the beginning, you know, yeah. just talking about how, like, he runs a, a bunch of brothels, but it's not in the nice part of town. It's in the black section of town. And, yeah. like, this is what he does to, like, take care of his mom and his sisters and, like, keep them at the sort of level they grew up at like when his dad was still alive and like the how taxing that is as like a young man to do um and then constantly having to kind of like yes sir yes sir to all the white men and pretend that he's okay with that as he you know just to like kind of make his money like he has to keep deferring to them in order to keep his job and like you know, one of the nice things about being a vampire is you don't really have to keep your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can just I'm be like, you know that. what? I'm going to eat you instead. Yeah. So go fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Oh, man. Okay. Wouldn't you love to, yeah, eat your boss instead of. <laughs> if only. If only. Yeah. I do find the scene of that his brother walks off of roof very interesting. Oh god, uh, because, that was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. But why does he do that? Do we do have any, you know, do we have any uh, So it's it, so the brother already had like I want to say like mental or like emotional yeah. instability uh coupled with like a lot of like religious fervor, which mm-hmm. is another thing that is like presented in this family, which is kind of cool. Um but I think Louis like believes that Lestat like got into his brain and pushed him off so that he would have less competition or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I honestly like don't think that that's true. I think, I think that was just a natural course that would have happened even if Lestat wasn't there. Um, but then there's always that sort of thing in the back of your mind. Right. Like, you will never know. Yeah. Because you know? so it's something he's capable of yeah, doing exactly. for sure. So it's like, yeah. that's like the first seed that gets planted in Louis's mind about like just what kind of a person have I dedicated the rest of eternity to not even the rest of my life (laughs) the rest of like the heat death of the universe yeah and it like fully estranges him 
from his family in every way. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that he's involved with Lestat at all, I think, like, really upsets his brother. And they're mm-hmm. sort of, like, a little... Which, you know, is a little dicey, like, the intimation that, like, you know, because his brother has, like, disabilities that he might have special powers to, like, sense out of evil guy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, which is, like, a little iffy. Yeah, but, like, he definitely sees Lestat and is like, this man is the devil. Like, he's going to lead you down the wrong path. And, um... You know, and then the mom, like, I mean, obviously after a while, you see her son not change in age and, like, only come around in the middle of the night after, like, you know, 10 or 20 years, they're going to be like, uh, (laughs) what's going on, dude? (laughs) I do really like the setting then of uh, Louisiana and, like, New Orleans because they have such a rich folklore uh, tradition. It's beautiful, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's then really great setting for like people like, oh, those are vampires. Like, you know, it clicks a lot more than like a New York City would do, for example, I think. So I think Absolutely, that, that... yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even like, uh, even like I said, the, cause, you know, because the book and, and the setting is still New Orleans, but it's in like the 1800s or whatever. Yeah. So like yeah. even mm-hmm. that time shift, even like 50 years or so is enough to like to really change the entire landscape of the city. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, New Orleans itself is like almost like a, you know, in the way that like sex in the city, like New York is the, the, <laughs> the extra character. I feel like in, in uh, Interview with a Vampire, like New Orleans itself in, in this time period is an extra character too. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's smart too, because I think like to make it in the industrial age, like technology moves ahead a lot faster so like it's an easy way to mark time yeah you know rather than like the 1800s where you're just like yeah for years okay (laughs) yeah like you're you get to this you see the switch of like you know horse-drawn carts Mm -hmm. to like some people have cars and like, oh, suddenly there's a telephone that's available. And, you know, those yeah, things are. Yeah. And then like they keep kind of talking about just how um, there's, you know, just this population of New Orleans that comes in for conferences and comes in for parties and things like that. And there's just so many people that are anonymous that can kind of pass in and out of New Orleans. And it's like a really perfect place for a vampire to live. Yeah. And it's like a nighttime city, you know, it's Absolutely, like, yeah. it, it would be very boring to be a vampire in like, I don't Wichita. know. Yeah. Or Chicago, <laughs> like even Chicago, you're yeah. like, eh, you know, it's people funny stay because, put more. <laughs> it's funny because there's another AMC series called Preacher, which also has a vampire in New, in New Orleans. And oh yeah, it's um, it doesn't doesn't matter, but it's really funny that that iteration of a vampire tricks a bunch of vampire larpers into doing his laundry and like his like his Amazing. his food and like it's like yeah, I'll totally make you a vampire, my dude, and like I don't know, it's yeah, it's, that's a it's show also that's an abusive comic book preacher, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, I read the comic yeah. book comic book was really good. Oh yeah, 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 indeed, and it's I, I don't know. It, once again, it's just funny that they're both AMC series and both vampires in New Orleans. I thought that was funny. And they, they yeah. both uh, understood that like it's such an ideal city for... Because you can even dress like a vampire in New Orleans and you'll be fine. Because nobody's going to look yeah, at you. You could just yeah. be... Yeah, it's like know? being a witch in Salem. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and uh, True Blood is in Louisiana too. It's like yeah, in the bayou. Right. It's all coming but, together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something like you know, it's like sexy and hot, hot and like you know, you have to wear like skimpy clothes because it's warm all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it feels more sexy than a lot of American cities <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, Imagine trying because... to make San Francisco. I was just about to say San Francisco. San Francisco now. Yeah. I mean, I guess like gay <laughs> San Francisco, like is sexy, but yeah. No, I think it's, it's interesting because New Orleans embraces all those influences once again. Asian folklore, yeah. Yeah. Uh, France, French stuff. I guess I don't know. Shrug. Um, like and like American stuff and like uh, other Black African American uh, stuff, and I think that's what makes it so cool. It's it's not one thing, and never tries to be one thing. Which mm-hmm. is where, where it works so great, but but besides that, I do think um, uh, it, it's it's then so poignant and great that they are gay, because it understands that you you become a different person when you're in a relationship with this per- with another person. Yeah, and yeah. which once again ties back into what I said earlier, the non-victim blaming stuff, and mm-hmm. it's so difficult because it's not just that he's a vampire, but he's also gay, so he's not only living his other vampire black also. Man. Yeah. yeah, well, that a gay black like, man in I can't just New leave Orleans. the vampire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the other, as far as I'm aware, homosexual. That's you know, I don't have to put myself out there and risk, let's say, homophobia, and yeah. all the other things. So it's 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 understand so well how difficult it can be to leave an abusive partner, especially when the yeah. partner is yeah. twice over the only person that is you know there for you. Yeah, and being, I think vampirism is always a really good um, metaphor for coming out or for queerness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you have like your second sort of life. You know, it's like, oh, I had the life before and then my post like coming out or or also like for transitioning. Like it's an interesting metaphor for, you know, because you can be you could be an older person and a younger vampire, Yeah, you know? So it's like, you get like, you know, this is like my human age and this is my vampire age, yeah, you know? Green. Yeah. And you know, generally speaking, vampires don't really, they're, they're quite open in, 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 in whom they take blood from. So, you know, that, yes. that, that's also a nice, a nice connection there too. Yeah, yeah, and like drawing blood from a person as a vampire has always been like super sexualized. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's extremely uh, intimate and erotic, and like yeah. doesn't even have to be about like there's no there's very little like actual sex in Buffy, but like whenever someone's like bitten on the neck it's like it's own sex scene you know because it's very erotic there's this uh, book series fancy book series called the witcher and there's this psychoanalytical (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's uh there's a psychoanalytical vampire called reaches and he um he argues that like uh i'm sorry to get into this but he (laughs) he argues that like he's like oh actually you guys just made the vampires up because you're afraid of oral sex women specifically and it's like hmm. oh it's a fixation on the mouth wow. and yeah. like you know like this whole 
and you can only do it during the night because you know you're ashamed of your actions and like you know, <laughs> and like it, it is this very profound like psychoanalytical reading of like like and also this whole concept of like oh the vagina has teeth and whatnot and like oh yeah also, like a whole weird thing about like vagina de Dante or something and like it's like oh 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 i i don't know what to do with this but i because once again i have uh once again i have struggles with conceptualization of masculinity but never that mm-hmm. kind of struggle um, yeah <laughs> so i but then again i have met men who do so yeah it's like oh yeah oh shit there is something to that maybe hmm yeah, definitely. I think I think what is so interesting is that you can apply like the concept of, of vampirism to so many different like yes. counterculture things. Mm-hmm. You, know, like you can <clears throat> there are aspects that you can apply to like anti capitalism. There are things that you can apply to queerness. There are things that you can apply to like you know uh, fucking traditional you know values and things like that. I mean, just even the concept of like I, I remember I remember reading like Bram Stoker's Dracula in, in college or whatever and it was so like it was so obviously like Christian. Like they were talking about like how how uh Nina Harker when she like woke up they were like, oh she's as pure as the driven snow yeah. or whatever. Like her forehead, you know, is so white or whatever. <laughs> like there's a lot of like <laughs> like yeah like Christian like evangelical stuff in there that obviously like count dracula is a is a um is a negation of so like it's just so funny how like everything comes like everything that's not good quote unquote comes back to vampires yeah (laughs) well bram stoker closeted queer yeah so he's like struggling with himself you know yeah yeah because vampire vampires are always like you know the other the scary, yeah. the scary o. thing that you have to face, um, that you can't see in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like talking about sexuality of vampires and, um, you know, because Buffy is about teens, I really enjoyed Claudia's story of finding her sexuality and this idea of you know like there's a lot of horror about like women turn or like girls turning into monsters when they go through puberty um Mm -hmm. you know like like teeth which is like the vagina dentata or like Mm -hmm. um ginger snaps snaps with like you know ginger turning into a werewolf when she gets her period and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that like I'm really glad they chose for Claudia to be a teen because there is this like obviously like sexual component of eating a person and draining them of their blood and at the same time she's also like discovering sex Mm -hmm. and like potentially discovering like the kink of like fucking herself up a little bit like the thrill (laughs) of like um like masochism Mm -hmm. and um the whole concept that like she will always be a virgin which is a wild 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 concept to comprehend Mm -hmm. but yeah it's a really interesting way to deal with uh like 
adolescence and how terrifying and monstrous it all it already is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find it then interesting that she's then this addition. Um, like according to the post episode interview, um, Boya is this insert of uh, it's supposed to represent Anne Rice's prose. So like her uh, journaling is oh, supposed to be okay. like oh this is where the beauty of writing gets into the the, the, the uh, TV show. And like the way she speaks and the way she acts as well, especially towards the end, is very eloquent. It's very controlled and it's very much in charge of everything. And like you know, uh, she knows very much what she's doing, and I, and I like that about her. Mm-hmm. I I do think then you know the question is uh, very interesting about like oh oh shit you are made a vampire at the age of fifteen. I don't know how old she is, but but young, Something like uh, that. a minor, <laughs> a minor, yeah, and yeah. then you know you grow out of that sp- spiritually and psychologically. And, you know, you get those urges and whatnot, and it's like, oh, oh, oh geez. Uh, well, that's a problem. I, uh, once again, not necessarily for me to judge, but I was like, oh, I would have loved some other problems that she would have run into. There was a very strong focus on the sexual part. I was like, mm-hmm. I get that. Would have loved maybe some more uh, stuff, but, you know, they had to get back to the gay vampires. So that's the... Uh, <laughs> and, and, and as much as Louis doesn't escape being black, she doesn't escape being a woman. With yeah, like the, that's the, interesting. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah and, I really like that. And even in vampire, quote unquote, society, which is a thing or not a thing, once again, we don't know. Uh, she once again experiences sexual violence, and I'm like, ah, okay. once right. Again, how do you yeah. guys feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> like you can't find safety yeah. even amongst your vampire yeah. family as a woman. Yeah, which is pretty terrifying yeah. to think about. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I didn't like I that was like that, also just kind of tossed scene, it yeah, felt a yeah, little that, tossed in. Yeah, I, I mean I, I knew why they had to put that in there, I guess, to like you know, to to highlight highlight Claudia's experience, but also highlight like Louis' protectiveness mm-hmm. and his, you know, again, his need to like control the narrative, including yeah. withholding stuff that that he doesn't want, you know, uh Daniel to, to, to write see, about. Yeah, yeah, write about. Um but yeah, I, I was yeah. That just always bothered me. I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, because I feel like you could control, <clears throat> you could still control the narrative and be like, I don't want to publish things about Claudia's like sexuality. Yeah. But. <clears throat> but yeah, it is pretty terrifying to think. One of the things that's like, always like in the back of your head with. Buffy is that she's so strong that she can take care of herself no matter what so there's like an episode where she it's a long story she gets really drunk and turns into a caveman but um because the beer is poisoned but even though she's yeah it it happens to everyone um because she is like so strong you don't worry about her, you know, like if she's out with like a bunch of boys and they like, they don't realize it, but they think that like, she's just like a regular, like blonde California girl, but it's like, Oh, well, you know, Buffy can take care of herself. But like, yeah, the idea that like Claudia amongst other older vampires Mm -hmm. is still potentially like, a victim yeah. is pretty well, terrifying. You talk about vampire society, quote unquote. And yeah. Like, I feel like in this version, um, they, 
they don't really like it in my interpretation like there really isn't a vampire society yeah. like there's really only there's so few they, and they talk about it too like claudia talks about like there has to be more of us mm-hmm. you know i, I want to go and, and find them um so i think like i think like her her experience is like this is what happens when you really don't have a society you know and yeah just, everybody yeah. is just kind of like trying to figure out their own vampire shit and that's some, interesting and some people do that in a positive way and some people do that in a horrifically negative way so yeah 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 but i guess that's yeah. what you get with hyper individualism like it's yeah absolutely anarchist yeah. anarchism yeah it's the libertarian side of anarchism you know where it's like I want to do whatever I want and I want to have like total yeah. freedom, but I don't care about collectivity. Yeah. Yeah. At the expense of, of other people. Yeah. Which is like, um, yeah. On the flip side of that, <clears throat> like this Katie Stone article again, talked about like how, because as a vampire, you have to feed on other people. There is sort of this like metaphor of collectivity. Um, you know that you rely on other people yeah yeah you rely on other people you cannot be um a a truly individual yeah isolated isolated person because no matter what i mean louis tries by like eating rats and you know birds (laughs) and stuff but yeah which always looks very unappetizing i feel for him no i i would love to know like i want to talk to a props person like how they made that like the bunny yeah the bunny puppet yeah is it just like a puppet and they put like like cherry jello in there i don't know yeah i'm always so interested the bunny puppet particularly was like (laughs) what i love then especially in like dubai or whatever he is uh yeah dubai sorry in the middle east i'm so sorry i forgot it's been a while um they uh it's, it's a very sanitized surrounding like it's this this brutalist minimalism in, in oh interior. my god it's amazing like, that's a good point i never even like thought yeah about that. and and like there's this dinner scene during the interview and it's like it's once again very clean very empty um there's this one corner where daniel is which is disheveled which beautiful uh, yeah and and then there's this like uh uh the scene where like uh this guy just like very quietly just like takes a knee or something and Louis is like during the interview is like, yeah, do you mind if I like no no? Okay. And like starts like sucking the blood from this guy's neck. Which yeah. is just like <laughs> love it. It's like do does he have like a, a, a young boy seller somewhere? Or, like, yeah, a young he man probably seller? has a little <laughs> instead of a wine seller. Men. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and he like at you know, that also felt very like Hannibal esque where he's oh, like yeah. this con- connoisseur <laughs> of blood. And yeah, like he has this like amazing weird contraption to like you know quaff the blood perfectly <laughs> and like um, you know and he's joining. I loved that like uh, you know he's gonna join for um, like course six, <laughs> you know. So Daniel gets all the other courses and they're all these very like Proustian kind of like memory courses. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's very like, um, like I, I, I fall for that shit all the time. Like it's very uh, like well designed and aesthetically yeah. beautiful. But you're right. His, it, the way that he is living now is very, I mean, he does have servants or whatever and he has, um, do we want to spoil 
who his companion is? Sure. Yeah, are we oh, all yeah. spoilers? Let's get into my new stronger so, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's had this like sort of, you know, attendant or whatever that he's mm-hmm. been calling Rashid. But at the very last scene of the season, you find out that it's Armand, who's like a way An ancient way, vampire. Yeah, he's like an old, old ass vampire. Um, who's he, he's so old he's not be, not even affected by the sun yeah which is fucking crazy That's cool. like, I love yeah that. um but you're right it's very like the environment that he's been in is very minimal very sterile like very prescriptive and it's like uh, it it it's just like it makes you wonder like has he been happy like that because it doesn't really feel like it like He's not he miserable, I guess. Right. I'm not yeah. miserable, yeah. let's say. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess in his mind, like, it's better to be sort of, like, removed and numb than to be active in his memories and, like, be miserable and upset, yeah. you know, in his, mm. you know, in his mind. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. I never even thought about the... Ooh, um, the... <laughs> oh, no, Thou gay. I never even thought about like the environment, like the physical environment that he's been in. Yeah. Uh, this whole time. Yeah, it's very different from like Lestat's aesthetic. Yeah. You know, my so, theory like, is that Lestat would hate it, and that's why he did it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Lestat is all like Art Nouveau. Lestat is a maximalist. Yes. A, oh, Louis definitely. is a minimalist, a brutalist. Yeah, brutalist. <laughs> and I, I, I do. Uh, the only thing that I slightly struggle with is then that. I, mean, I get why because it's 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 dramaturgically it makes sense I guess shrug but I I'm very much kill your uh, abusers narrative type person uh, great proponent of that and and then there's this well once again getting into the the, the big spoilers um, like Lasat is alive at the end like they yes. have this whole contraption of killing Lasat tactfully and like beautifully done by the way a, a great culmination for the end of the season I would say yeah it's really yeah. working towards that mm-hmm. the whole plan is so fucking melodramatic and then the twist is even more so and yeah the, the double cross twist, double yeah. double yeah. cross yeah it's just it, it just it, it makes your head spin You're and um like what and Lestat's side piece dressed as a jazz man around yeah. town <laughs> Aunt, Antoinette is yeah she's like a singer or something yeah um she sings so louis right or um, Lestat writes louis a love song but he uses Antoinette's voice to record it, which is what a like, dog. Yeah. What a complete piece of shit. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Unbelievable. Not great. <laughs> a quick reminder that this, that this song is an apology after he dropped him from who knows how many meters. Like yeah. hundreds of feet. Yeah. yeah. That would have liquefied him if that were, you know, real If physics. that was a submersible yeah. underwater, it would have messed up. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Hot I had to topic. put it in somewhere, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way to really, like, time, time stamp this episode. Yeah. <laughs> 150 years from now, people will be, like, listening to this. They're like, when was this? Yeah. Oh, submersible. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh. No, but it, it's... um. I'm I'm okay with like like living. Um, I guess shrug. I don't know how to feel then about. All oh, right, that's the thing. Okay, well, start a different thing already. So moving, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about the um, uh, like oh well, I have a stronger boyfriend now. Like 
it it is once again I'm, I'm happy that here's someone else don't get me wrong um, <laughs> but it is like oh i rather wish they like again they overcame the start and i i get that and that's cool and it should be like that but then it's like well the start doesn't show up anymore because i have a stronger boyfriend now I'm like a big boyfriend and he's he's like a way older vampire he can he can he's, he's like doesn't even imp- <laughs> he he's impervious even to sunlight like, oh. yeah 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 <laughs> he lives in canada you wouldn't know him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I think I think they're going to get into it in in part two or or the second yeah. season or, or whatever of our Armand's whole story. But uh, if I remember right, in the movie, Armand is like a troubadour or like a theater owner in Paris, um, and has a crew. Like yeah, that was whole, that was the good vampire family, yeah, which I thought was a, a cool you know a cool sort of like same get out of jail free card. Because um, you could be as weird as you want, because it's the theater. Yeah, um, what a great place to yeah, hide your vampires. Cover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny that he like, you know, instead of just, and, and and I think this this says a lot about Louis as a character is like instead of just being alone or like finding strength in himself. He just immediately gloms onto another older man in his life. Older yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Who has like, you know, has a lot more experience, a lot more knowledge of being a vampire and a lot more like history. So yeah, it's like it's kind of sad. Yeah. I guess. I don't I know. I just want Louis to love himself and yeah. I don't think he ever will, which is like, you know. I think he's yeah. just too brooding, you know. He has yeah. a lot of <laughs> there's a lot going on in that in that Louis in head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's then there's always like yeah there's always like the you know the vampire that like relishes killing and like is very happy and proud to be a monster and then mm-hmm. there's the the vampire who's very like yeah i mean concerned about it in 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 buffyology it's spike <laughs> versus angel yeah of spike course yeah loves being a vampire he relishes in it mm-hmm. he finds humor in it he finds like so much joy and like the second he can't be a vampire because he's got a chip put in his brain by a, a shadowy government long uh, story uh-huh. yeah long story, is yeah. that the blonde one yes yeah, yeah. yeah. okay i, I do like know a, him I, okay. yeah like, um, I'm going for a walk. Sting? Who sings? Does he look like Sting? Who sings um, White Wedding? Oh, he looks like Billy Idol. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so he loves being a vampire. <laughs> and Sting, sure. And he's, so, he's so charismatic about it, and he's yeah. more drawn to him. Versus Angel, who, like, hate, hates He's like an emo boy. And, like, yeah, yeah. so brooding all the time, and, like, <laughs> drinking out of blood bags that he found at the hospital to, like, sustain himself because he doesn't want to kill anybody. And it's, yeah. Like, just don't deny yourself. <laughs> right. And yeah, like, I think we always, I mean, I don't know, at least I do. Like, I find the, the, the vampires that like relish in being a vampire really appealing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard with Lestat though, right? Because yeah. yeah, he's hard to love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This doesn't teach Louis anything about being a vampire. Hmm? He also never teaches Louis anything about being a vampire. And I think no. that Amon feels that role. So I get that, that, you know, Amon needed to be there. But at the same time, you know, it it, it would have been funny if we, got, if we could have set it up in, like, the second part, maybe. I do feel like this takes away from, like, you know, just, like, 
look at my boyfriend with a cool house somewhere else uh, that that has a different yeah. sense of architecture or something. And I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. Once again, it's, it's only a minor issue, but I was like, ah, ah, okay. Mm, I don't know. It, it was kind of funny when he yeah. was like, this is really the love of my life. Look, he hovers. Yeah, and like, he, it's <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, he's hovering. He's behind you. <laughs> that was super cool. I love that. It's in the background and like out of focus. Yeah. So it's like, you don't really notice it because you're, you know, the two, Daniel and Louis are in the forefront. But then you see him just like yeeting himself yeah. into space. If in you were background. in a movie theater, you'd be like, Daniel, watch out. Like, whoa. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say something really profound. And oh man, it was, oh, it was about that. Armand and Louis loving himself, and yeah, I don't uh, <laughs> into the ether. Oh man, I was excited. Oh, I was gonna say. Okay, there's also a. a you can make the argument that this is like uh, for Lestat, it's generational trauma. Because he talks oh, shit. all the time, yes. he, and especially in the movie, he makes a big art, a big stink about how um, <laughs> he was forced into being a vampire, and isn't he so merciful to like give his, you know, yeah. to give Louis and to give Claudia and all these people like the choice he never has. Like in the movie, he says that a lot. Like, are you, you know, I'm going to give you the choice that I, I was never given. So, right. Like, you could, you could make the argument that like he is literally just repeating patterns of behavior that he himself was taught by whoever sired him yeah. in 1895 or whatever, 1795, yeah. It's a real bitch that even when you're like a immortal monster, you yeah, have you generational have trauma. Like, <laughs> bullshit right? People problems. Yeah. It sucks. Like... Yeah, not to talk about Buffy again, but... Um, <laughs> The Buffy explanation of vampires is super interesting that they're like sort of a, a like mix of demon and human. They're not like a pure demon yeah. and like um, vampires rely on humans to exist. So like unlike other demons there, you know, whenever somebody wants to bring about the end of the world on Buffy, the vampires are like, no, we like it the way it is like there's snacks walking around all the time <laughs> yeah. so it's it's like they're a different kind of monster yeah they're like a monster that have they have a lot of human like extremely human qualities yeah and they all started yeah. off as human as far as we know I mean I guess there's the yeah, first vampire yeah obviously yeah yeah always very fascinated by like what what origin story for vampires do you go with when you create like a fictional setting where where the vampires are are there? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's very fun. Well, the thing that I was gonna say, like as as we were watching the the end of the episode, is um, it it's cool to see this uh world of vampires where like they don't really know what the established way to kill a vampire is because they there's only three of them they're just right like, right figuring it themselves out you know i think it's more interesting to see like you know what happens if we poison somebody or what happens if we just literally just stab them in the neck and they bleed out to death, death as opposed to like you know a uh, a piece of media or whatever like an established uh rule set you mm-hmm. know like through the heart or whatever like we mm-hmm. see somebody get a vampire get stabbed through the heart 
and they're still alive. Yeah. And so it's like, well, obviously mm-hmm. in this world that doesn't work. Right. So and they don't turn into dust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to like, and like, yeah, in True Blood, they like burst into these like blood fountains. Yeah. Or like, yeah, in Buffy, yeah, they turn into like a pile of dust with like the the worst. Like whoever is doing, whoever did the sound of Buffy it's the like, Vampire Slayer, <sighs> it's just yeah that is cool though i didn't think about that but like when you're like if you're a demon in certain worlds because there's so many of you you know all of your like um what it in I'm showing that I don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but like in D and D you have like your character sheet. Yeah. You know? So like, um, like in Buffy, every demon is kind of like, Oh, I know that I can hear thoughts and that you can kill me this way. Special skills or whatever. Right. But if you're a vampire and you were just turned into one and you know, two other vampires, you don't know much about like your, you know, you have no history. You know yeah. nothing about your past, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Like that's a wild turn thing. On, on his head when uh, when they find when Daniel finds out that Armand can be in the sun. Yeah, you know, like that was never established because these vampires are are relatively new. Yeah, um, compared to Armand, who's been around since like the 1600s or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, like there's a, a stark opposite to that. Is then um, I don't know if you. How familiar you guys are with like the masquerade, vampire the masquerade? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god, it's been a long time since I played okay. that game, so I don't remember too much about it. But like, <laughs> yeah, I have big so memories about that. It has one of my favorite vampire origins, where it's like, yeah, actually, Kane is the first vampire because fuck it, why not? So oh it's, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, makes a, yeah I've heard, that. I've heard of the yeah, I've heard that before, and like. Yeah, like biblical figures are like somebody is the first vampire, yeah. um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. that kind of like, yeah, cool. why not? Yeah, it's like I love anything that like perverts uh, Catholicism. Sure, that's really cool. We need more of that, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it also I mean, subverts Judaism, but yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah true. There's Old so Catholic. much <laughs> subverting of Catholicism in vampire lore yeah, too. Like, I mean, Louis gets turned into a. I don't, it's probably not a Catholic church, but he gets turned into a vampire right. in a Inside church, a, yeah. which was just an incredible scene. That whole scene with like the priest, ooh, Oof. man, they did some. <laughs> so much blood. They, they spent a lot of their blood money yeah. uh, on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> the blood, the blood, the blood budget on this yeah. was out <laughs> of control. It really was. It's like the guy who does all the blood for Guar, you know? He's yeah. just like, oh my god, oh, more man. blood? That's a lot of corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so many squibs. <laughs> oh boy. The only other thing that I think uh, is, that, once again, the stark opposite of um, Masquerade would be like the... Uh, I don't know if you guys know the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman. I've uh, never seen it, no, but I know it's, I know it's it such exists. Campy bullshit. <laughs> I love that it's like Dracula, vampires, and fuck it, Frankenstein. Why not? Let's yeah. just put all the Gothic figures and they fight each other. And it's like <laughs> I don't know. 
it's uh, I, I love that as i said to mention that movie i'm sorry that's uh i love that uh, it is fun so it is funny when like the oh, oh my god do you you know what the first episode of um season five of buffy is that we have to watch like totally forgot about Uh-oh. is buffy meets dracula Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god, when worlds collide. I know. So like it is really funny when world when worlds collide. It's super campy. Yeah, I guess that's the second big question. Like, is Dracula alive? Is that a thing in this vampire universe? Is there a Dracula, yes or no? I think that's always something that they deal with. They do a, that in the play that they do, there's the vampire queen eating the baby. From oh, Dra- right. from Dracula, yeah. which I was yeah. like, oh shit, call out. Call out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they make any like. Does Daniel, if 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 Dracula was like a pop culture icon in this world, mm-hmm. I feel like Daniel would have made a reference to it, and I don't think he does. So yeah, yeah. No, it's you're right. That this True. is not like yeah, just not even a a, a footnote in there. Was Amon supposed to be the Dracula because like? It's 1600s, so like, you know. Potentially. Like, if he was like a, yeah, like around in the Crusades and. God, this is totally like not even related, but the actor (laughs) that they got to play at Armand has like such a good head of hair. Oh, yeah. Yes. And beautiful eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful red eyes. Yeah. Beautiful red eyes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Blood red eyes. The reddest eyes you've ever seen. Um, But yeah, I forget that actor's name, but. No, you're right. Everyone in this show is extremely hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is yeah. definitely a requirement to be, like, a very attractive person. Yeah. So, do we know why he's giving the interview? Because it's been a while for me. So, does he ever give a reason? Because so I, don't ever, I don't ever see a reason why. In their, in their timeline, he he reached out to... No, he met, he met Daniel at a gay bar in... In the 70s. Yeah, in because, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. San Francisco. And Daniel was there because that was an easy way to get cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, love it, by the like, way. Totally true. Perfect. I, I bet that's 100% accurate. I think so. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, you know, because he, Louis is so reticent and hesitant to, like, tell the truth. I wonder, like, why is he doing this? Is it too... To draw up the some stuff or just to loneliness, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Or yeah. And he's like hoping that. to see his new vampire boyfriend beat up his old one. Like maybe Lestat will <laughs> I mean, yeah, him. maybe he's trying he's to like, draw like, out Lestat. I don't know. Really like, well, might as well kill him this time. Like, yeah. Look that's very interesting doing. thing. You know. Yeah. I mean, narrative. I guess, yeah. Why does anyone have their. <laughs> like memoirs or memoirs made yeah. before they die yeah like does he snitch on the other vampires as well like does he betray like you know like to once again to get into vampire masquerade like there, is a, there are rules against that vampire <laughs> snitch just, like, go through a list of like celebrities being like oh yeah barbara streisand's a vampire yeah. Uh, oh yeah jeffrey like, epsteining who... <laughs> the vampires who's, who's definitely <laughs> a vamp- vampire who do you think is loves? definitely a vampire Okay, celebrities who are a vampire. Number one with a bullet, Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Paul Rudd has not aged in like forty-five years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's definitely up there. I was thinking like 
Mae West maybe was a vampire. Mae West was a vampire. Or still sure. is, I guess. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. the problem. Like, if they're dead, you're like, well, they live she, somewhere she else. She was the first person to say YOLO. She's very famously famous for saying you only live once. But yeah. what she meant was... <laughs> And what they what they cut out of that movie was you only live once, but I only I'm, live forever. Right, I'm immortal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the target dog. Whoa. The okay. Target dog is a, All right. Is a dogs, dog, vampire dogs. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel every cat is just a vampire then. Yeah, I mean, all, my cats are yeah. definitely vampires, 100%. or like at least like witch familiars. Like they have, they definitely have supernatural yeah, stuff they going got their on. Own stuff going on. Uh, anything uh, you want to say, Frank? You have been very quiet. Finally, <laughs> talk about vampires. For you to talk about vampires, you're the big goth here of us. <laughs> the big goth. <laughs> hey, talk, you big goth. <laughs> Come on, do a vampire spiel. Well, I'm I'm the one with the long flowing hair, so I'm. Um... Yeah. It's true. You Born do have vampire aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. I do. My um, my Twitter uh, profile picture, it's a uh, commission that I, I asked someone a, a while back. And there are bats in that picture, uh, in that art, uh, which I've, I've always found perfect. It's a great but, picture. Thank you. Uh, it's it's just, it's lovely. <laughs> but I, I, I think uh, it was it was such a great show. I think for for most of all, what we've been talking about really is like it, it really took into a lot of subjects that I did not expect to show, even about vampires to talk about. It talked about memory. It talked about stories and creating stories and how stories are shaped. It, I love anything. I love these things about immortality. And it's like you know, living forever kind of sucks actually. Yeah, <laughs> that great. it gets boring. You do so. Oh, go ahead, Leon. You do always find, like, even if you are not ravaged by time, time ravages still everything else, which is mm-hmm. like a struggle with yeah, family. Yeah. I find very interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, you can romanticize being taken out of time yourself, which is what people are like, oh, I wish for immortality is like the first wish for a lot of people. And it's like, yeah. no, you're an idiot because time still ravages everything else. So, you know. Yeah, and I, yeah. It makes sense why they have to learn very quickly to really stay out of the way of humans. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you fall in love with a human, it's, like, disastrous. It's just, like, heartbreaking, you know? It requires a very professional, I guess, for for lack of a better word, attitude towards love. Like, you have to accept, like, it's going to end. Like, it's a very extremely mature disposition. And towards understanding the own suffering that you're inviting mm-hmm. on yourself. And like, you know, yeah. Yeah. even if you like are human and like, oh, I know it will end one day because we will die. You won't die that much like longer after, you know? Right. But, yeah. But but this is not the case. You go on and you have to find someone else and so forth. Yeah. That's why all yeah. vampires are polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're making a literal choice there that you're, definitely aware that you're going to have a lot of suffering involved mm-hmm. so that's um that's actually interesting never thought about that that's like when you when you actually follow yourself it's like am i actually going to maintain this as a, an immortal person who will suffer massively afterwards um which yeah. um is, is something we're going to talk about leon and i eventually whenever we talk about lord of the rings um, <laughs> oh, the elves are vampires oh my god <laughs> 
Yeah, and I mean, vampires of the land. <laughs> <laughs> um, another vampire movie I love is Only Lovers Left Alive, and like their approach to vampirism is really interesting because it's well, it's like contemporary, but it's also like, um. It reminded me of the part where they're all kind of like locked in for a while and Louie just takes the opportunity to read like a million books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's what I love about No Lovers Left Alive because it's like, oh, I'm a musician. I'm just going to work on my music forever. Or like, I'm an artist. I have endless amounts of time to work on my art, you know, which is like a desire that so many people have and never get to do. Or yeah. like, oh, I... Like, there's no way I can read all the books in the world, you know, before I die. But, like, if you don't die, you could. Yeah, it's the Groundhog, it's basically what Groundhog's Day is about. Yeah. (laughs) Bill Murray gets so good at piano. Exactly. But it is also, and and Lestat is really good at playing piano, too. Yeah. But, like, it is a very probably boring... You know, Groundhog's Day is also very boring, like for Bill Murray. Yeah, there's there's a point where he's just like he's like, I will do anything to stop this. Yeah, I'll walk in front of traffic. Yeah, like throw a toaster in the, the bathtub. Suicide attempt sequence. Yeah, a lovely sequence. For, yeah, when you're a vampire, you probably go through many phases where you're like this is great i have lots of time like you know the way all of us kind of went through the pandemic like this is great i have tons of time i have endless amounts of like you know just lounging around but then also loneliness well i was gonna say like i think we as humans have a really horrible concept of time i don't mean just like i mean like (laughs) in terms of, like, the enormity of it, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think we we think, like, you know, from a certain point, it's like, oh, you know, I have all the time in the world to grow up or to, like, you know, hit these, you know, uh, life milestones or whatever. And then you reach a certain age, it's like, oh, shit, I have no time left. Like, you know, I've got to get all this stuff done that I want to do. And, and so, like, I think the fact that, like, people who be like volunteer to become vampires and then realize like oh i have the rest of eternity (laughs) yeah do what i have no idea it's just a continuation of that it's like we just have no concept of like time with like a capital t yeah i mean you can do a cool anti-capitalist revolution like you know i have enough ideas personally you know i'm just like (laughs) i'm just i can i can amass wealth i can like sponsor comedy parties you know it'd be great yeah yeah (laughs) But yeah, no, it, it is, yeah, it is this very romantic and then very quickly nightmarish notion and this very beautiful balance between that I think is like, you know, very central to the vampire question. Like maybe the yeah. only thing that bonds all vampires across all vampire iteration. Time. Really? Yeah. 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 Time. yeah. Uh, there was just one thing I, w- I wanted to draw out that you, you were mentioning is like that moment when Louise reading a bunch of different books and mm-hmm. he chides Lestat about it because like, yeah, it's like, oh, um, oh, really yeah, like Flaubert, what he's doing. And it's like, yeah, you sound like every graduate Sorbonne student I've ever met or, or something <laughs> like that. And he's like, yeah, says the person who only reads the first couple of pages, never finishes anything, um, but tries to sound smart. 
and and I found that just perfect because Lestat mm-hmm. he positions himself in a particular way. He presents mm-hmm. himself as this, you know, high-minded, superior vampire individual, the superior life form, and the like. And and yet he's st- there's so much that's just facade there that yeah. is yeah. just like. No, no real involvement, no real engagement. It's, it's what you mentioned before. That's like it's so terribly shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like he's like, what is he? It's interesting because yeah, you're like, what is he doing with all of his time? Yeah, you I know, like the- he's mostly just going out partying. and partying. Yeah, weird. Yeah, like, cl- Which cl- you know. No shade, yeah. <laughs> but like, he's not like locking himself up in his house for yeah. years reading Flaubert. <laughs> well, I do love Claudia's answer then. That once again, she's the one looking for community and like mm. trying to establish all that. And Lasat has this once again this probably traumatic notion of vampirism. This whole yeah, you know, like we, what we already touched mm-hmm. upon, and like has then again this hyper individual relation to. Not only vampirism, but also like, oh, art is only good when it benefits me or goes along the way uh, that I think it should go. And if it doesn't, I'm going to kill you uh, because yeah. I've also oh grown impervious to the horror of being, you know. And like, this is like, I'm very happy that the influence of Louis and Lestat both play in Claudia because there's this hunger in Claudia that she like mm-hmm. kills a lot of people and doesn't bury them properly, which I do find hilarious. But that, well, yeah, because she's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like this very quick, yeah. like ah, in the Shadow River, I'm sure it'll have no consequences. Yeah, in a very shallow part of the United States. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like the one thing everyone knows about New Orleans is like nothing stays in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> in, in that sense, Claudia, she's like this uh, amalgamation because she's like going out for knowledge, going to these universities and the like and trying to read and get these books from mm-hmm. libraries and the, and such mm-hmm. and just like uh, being involved in this like quest for knowledge for one point, but she's willing to go out into the world to do so, whereas Louis is mostly uh, a recluse at this point. Yeah. Yeah, she she's she's interesting because yet yeah, she she accepts and rejects uh, aspects from Lestat and Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, she yeah. tries. To, she tries to do the eating rats thing like Louis does, and she just can't stand it. She needs like you know. She she craves that like the animalistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good yeah, stuff. You are uncut. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you know, yeah, she she sort gay of, bar cocaine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's especially both in gay bar cocaine. <laughs> but then she also like rejects, you know, Lestat's kind of like frivolity and 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 pettiness. Like, yeah. You know. So yeah, she she's she's super interesting because yeah, she's almost like a a, a third generation. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So it's interesting to see her like come into her own. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm like so psyched to watch the next yeah. season, which, you know, I didn't think I would get this highly invested in it, but I'm yeah, like, yeah, me neither. Yes. You know, I was kind of like, uh, Interview with a Vampire. I remember the movie being yeah. schmaltzy, but like this, this got its teeth in me for sure. Yeah. yeah. This sucked me dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it is a good thing she doesn't go to Europe because World War Two is about to happen. 
as well. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Hungary, oh, Lord. Yeah. She yeah, went yeah, to, that was oh, a let's good go to Hungary, everybody. Uh, for that was a know, nice uh, coincidence. Yeah. No, <laughs> those who don't know, Hungary joins the Axis. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not World a great War place II. to go It's to. not a, yes. Especially as a colored oh, girl to be there. You know, I hate to say it, but she kind of dodged a bullet there, you know. It's, oh, man. What if they go and, like, join the Paris Commune? Ooh. <laughs> it's idea. a bit late for that. I know. I think, well, <laughs> no, but what if, like... Uh, no, I mean, what if like uh, Lestat? That would be cool. I don't know, just like backstories. <laughs> well, if he's like, an, if he's like a good person, it is like, a little late. The commune and like, yeah, then some bitter fascist vampire bites him or something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it political. I mean, make it yeah, maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe we can have Armand's backstory, and he could have been in the in the Paris commune. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, Armand yeah, yeah. would be in the Paris commune. Hundred percent. Yeah. Is there anything else anybody wants to get into before? Uh, no, I, I we can talk about good. vampires forever, and I would love to, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. seriously, <laughs> Leon's I, the I, one I, editing yeah. it, so yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. nice. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think yeah, we're yeah. I think we did a good job. I'm yeah. proud of us. I'm proud of us for talking about this subject. <laughs> I think my cat is saw a vampire because he's <laughs> deeply interested in something well, right now yeah. yeah i don't know what's going on in our house right now but <laughs> wants to give his opinion on uh, he does he has ideas what he's expecting for season two yeah what are we expecting for season two that's that's a nice uh uh Armand in the yeah. Paris commune. Yeah, commune. yeah, we already, we already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that's a shared yeah, one, though. But <laughs> maybe we'll see one of Daniel's wives. He's got like yeah. four exes. So, well, if Louis, Louis, and um, Claudia go to Europe, mm-hmm. so what? What year would it? Are we still in like we just post World War Two? No, we're post World War One, right? Oh, yeah. post World War One. Thirties at this point. And then we hear on the radio, we hear World War Two breaking out. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, right. At the beginning. At least of like it. depressed, and that gets even more depressed towards World War. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So yeah. That's kind of where we leave off. Like, so they're just having too... a ball while Europe is burning. Yeah, because it's also too late. Wouldn't it have been nice if they went to Europe right before and got to go to the Weimar Republic? There you go. Oh, that yeah. That would have been a great oh, yeah. place for, va- for vampires well, yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They should set a vampire show in... In Weimar? Yeah, yeah. Weimar. Weimar vamps? Like, That's like where I would go in, right there. in a time machine if I could go to a time period. Yeah. But not for a long time because it doesn't end yeah, well. Yeah, for stuff breaks bad. Yeah, it goes there. badly. Shit but like just for like a year right yeah, in there. Yeah, a year or so. Yeah. I mean, what you could do if you did vampires there is like you you have the oh they're there, but it's you don't tell anyone, but it's actually alternate history, so it doesn't end that terribly. Oh, uh, it's like know. a Philip K. Dick situation. <laughs> yeah, but not negative. <laughs> right, right, right. Philip K. Dick, but good, <laughs> but happy. Yeah, but about vampires. Yeah, I like that. I think we should write a, a show. There we go. Yeah, definitely could. <laughs> AMC, AMC call me alternative universe Weimar Republic vampires it's so powerful because of the vampire gay 
connection <laughs> that World War II doesn't break out. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just oh my god, it's like vampire kill Nazi killer. Oh my god, Va- just, yeah, vampires yeah. killing Hitler. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the logical conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you don't fund great. the show, you're homophobic and behave. <laughs> <laughs> the vampires kill Hitler, and then when the Russians roll in, they're like, sweet, we're all communists now. Yay! <laughs> Give me $50,000 to write this movie. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good note to end on, is, yeah. Our, yeah. is our forthcoming um, Vampires versus Hitler <laughs> scripts all that we're history. all working yeah. on <laughs> Weimar va- Vampires with the W I love it Yeah, yep. it's like the bitch yeah. but like <laughs> Weimar <laughs> Vampires yes <laughs> alright so thank you everybody so much for listening thank you so much for appearing on our podcast again yeah, thank Kate so and welcome Leslie yay, <laughs> yay! so much fun Woo! <laughs> Uh, yeah, check out. Anyone want to plug anything once again? The, uh, yeah, do you go listen do to our... Tender yeah, Subject, Kate's just... new podcast. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I, okay. I'll <laughs> oh, first... yeah, I have a podcast. I'll first do. <laughs> I'm for core. Wait, I'm like, yes, I have a brand spanking new podcast that's so new that I don't even remember um, how to get to it on Twitter. <laughs> but the podcast is called you Tender. No, I'm going to, okay. It's Tender underscore subject. Okay. Um, but it is a podcast that I do with Jay from Library Punk. Um, Jay's been on here as well. Yeah, uh, about cannibalism. Um, and it's cannibalism in culture and media. So movies, TV, books, art. We're not doing, it's not like true crime. And it's a very, um, yeah, it's a very like <laughs> sort of anti action. Yes, yes. Very very broad use of the of the term cannibalism. Uh we did an art episode. We're doing a forthcoming episode with Frank about yeah. uh a Brazilian um art manifesto about cannibalism mm-hmm. metaphorically. Um and then an episode with Leon about that is Act, not metaphorical cannibalism. We're Actual doing... and metaphorical cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, both. Uh, we're going to do the some episodes cannibal. about Hannibal. Hannibal, the ultimate cannibal. Um, like the Dracula of cannibals. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we're having a lot of fun. I think it's really interesting. It's the only cannibalism podcast that we have found thus far. Yeah, Classic. really cornering the market. Cor- yes, <laughs> and I'm um, making a collage for every episode as a way to Whoa. make myself make more art, so I'm pretty excited about nice. that. Yeah, and Fangs. Fangs, yeah, Fangs for the Memories. It's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch and recap podcast. Um, and like I said earlier uh, up top, you can check everything out. All the links are at fangs.zone. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. The fang zone. Come into the fang zone. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. And everybody, take care. And we will yeah, see you, you so I don't much. know, soon. Uh, but some... Oh, but yeah. But this is, this is still July. Okay. Yeah, we have we have another special guest for HBM, a very special guest for HBM next upcoming. Oh, recording. yeah. 
Special. Take care. Everybody. It's Lady Gaga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs>